0: Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 78. It is the first week of the new month, so you know what that means. A new five good things. And, oh, this movie was definitely worse than I remember it being. Green Lantern. We try and find five good things about Ryan Reynolds' failed superhero movie from 2011. Oh, boy. Um... It was rough, but we do it for you, uh, Josh. How you doing tonight? I'm chilling,
1: bro. I had a pretty productive day. Like, actually, did like a lot of like really productive uh, yard work. Um, I've been grinding away on Apex. Uh, oh, I uh, they pay me, so I have to give a shout out to the Royal Fam. Um, yeah, so lots of stuff going on, man.
0: You've been playing Apex. I decided to go back and play all of Arkham Origins this weekend. Um nice. worse than I remember, definitely. Yeah. The nostalgia goggles are off because I used to defend this movie as pretty good. This game, I mean, and it's not bad. Uh, it is frustrating though, to say the least, going back and playing it, just because there's a certain rhythm that I'm used to with the Arkham games of just like I could do the combat in my sleep and it's off by, like, a split second. So, like, that split second would be like, oh, I can punch a guy before I have to counter. No, you have to counter first now before you can go for that second punch type of thing. Um, And it's also... I don't want to blame the finger at the developers, but it's incredibly lazy, because a lot of the map is just recycled from Arkham City, just a little bit more... Like, it's clearly in the past instead of the decrepit Arkham City. So I'm just like, really? You just basically copied and pasted the map. Um, graphically, doesn't hold a candle to the original Arkham games either. It was very disappointing no. in that regard. Um, but here's the weird thing is, even though I had issues with Arkham Origins, I'm still excited for Warner Brothers Montreal's next Arkham game, whatever that may be, because... They've had time to work on this one. Uh, Arkham Origins, historically, it was more or less a blatant cash grab, so they didn't have a lot of time, so I'm willing to give them a bit of a break. Um, but, yeah, it's not good. Also, I know some people liked it. The Joker's voice was fine, but the fact the Joker was in the game at all, still to this day, annoys the crap out of me. Um It actually bothers me more than the reveal of who the Arkham Knight is. Um, Yeah. Because, yeah, the Arkham Knight thing, it was blatantly obvious. But the Joker, we already had two back-to-back games with Joker as the main villain. And you told us he wasn't in this game. We're going to have new villains. And you lied to us. Um, Voice acting is always a big thing for me to get invested. Didn't really dig the voice acting for Batman in this game. And also Batman's kind of a jerk for 90% of it And I just could not get behind it So yeah, uh, Arkham Origins Not as good as I remembered it being Yeah Yeah Much like something else We dealt with this week (laughs) Well, Arkham Origins isn't that bad Um, Josh, you watch anything new this week For what we watching? Um, let me see Did you watch 1917 Uh, yet? I'm sorry? Did you see 1917 yet? No, but we watched... Oh, we watched... What did we watch?
1: We watched something recently. No, I don't remember. Um, It was something... What did my dad and I watch the other day? I don't remember. Uh, I mean, we're keeping up with Oak Island and... uh, and, you know, Swamp People and, and Forged in the Fire. It was really cool. Watch the episode of Forged in the Fire where the, the two guys at the end have to, they go home. So the, the way that the show works, they have like two rounds of four four blacksmiths and they have to make a knife. The winner of those two rounds go home, go to their home forges and then uh, forge a blade from history. One of the most recent episodes was the uh, Amigo Montoya sword. So Ooh. it's like the, the Spanish rapier. It was really, really
0: cool. But cool. yeah, I'm I don't know why. Man. It's just the most random thought in my head when you're just like, yeah, my dad and I've been watching something. I don't know why, but the first thing that popped in my head is, I bet they watch Shaolin soccer. <laughs> no,
1: I'm the only, <laughs> I'm the only martial arts nerd, uh, movie nerd in my in my family. Um. <laughs>
0: I don't know why (laughs) that that movie movie. pops in my head, but I'm like, that's a, that's a movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. is. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been watching, uh, a lot of like gaming, gaming tournaments and stuff like that. Um, what was I I was going to say that I've been watching something. I can't remember now. What have you been watching?
0: (laughs) Um, since it dropped on Disney plus on Friday, I figured why not? I'll spend a little time watching it. I watched onward with Heather. Um, I can't say I recommend it. It's yeah. un- it's unfortunately probably the most generic movie I've seen in a long time of it's fine by most people's standards but by Pixar's standard it's pretty subpar.
1: Okay, I mean like that's unfortunate because the trailers actually like the most the later later trailers kind of made it feel like it was going to be something not necessarily fresh, but kind of something we hadn't explored yet.
0: Yeah. And there's quite a few times that it like blatantly either acknowledges or straight up rips off movies that you would rather be watching at that point. Um, and it, So like Shrek was supposed to be a parody of old uh, Disney movies. This kind of feels like it tried to poke fun at Shrek in the same way that Shrek originally poked fun of Disney, except – not successfully. Yeah. Also, this is my tinfoil hack conspiracy theory. I don't think Chris Pratt's character was originally intended for him. I think it was supposed to go to Jack Black. I can see that. Because the character in the movie, oh my gosh, it would have been so much more perfect for Jack Black's character. Yeah. Of a bum older brother that loves rock and roll music and D&D. Yeah. Whose design already looks suspiciously like Jack Black. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> and more or less, kind of, is Jack Black and Tenacious D. Mm, okay, I can see that. Like, they're fine, but I feel like Disney kind of was like, okay, we have Tom Holland and Chris Pratt doing really, really well in interviews together. How can we get them in a movie together? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know Like their potential was there Um And I'm sure it's great for some people To me I thought it was just Really really generic Not good not bad but I'm not gonna Remember, remember this movie next week
1: Yeah mm, That's that's tough man That's tough
0: Like Not Pixar's worst But not one I'm gonna write home to Mm, that's Which ins- is, uh, unfortunately, Pixar lately It is uh,
1: Except on, like, the really, like, metaphysical movies
0: Like, uh, like, Inside Out Was fantastic still looks promising whenever that ends no. up coming out
1: Yeah, no, that, that's my point It's, like, it's weird, like, they're They've kind of forgotten how to Tell stories-ish But, like, at the same time, there's st- they're telling really interesting, unique stories with things like Inside Out and Soul.
0: It's more or less everything is the same. What if your emotions had feelings? What if your soul had feelings? What if your toys had feelings? What if your cars had feelings?
1: Yeah. It's the same stuff all over over again, man. But, I mean, not to
0: say that I don't like it. Like, some stuff still is excellent, but the quality isn't still to the same. And maybe we're looking at it with nostalgia goggles, but I don't think we are. If, if you compare the early Pixar to now, it's not the same.
1: No, it doesn't. I, I, I don't know what changes have been made behind the scenes, but it definitely doesn't feel nothing feels the same.
0: Yeah. Um. Get Brad Bird to do another Pixar movie that isn't Incredibles 2, please. Poor guy. I felt even like Incredibles 2 is just fine. Well, here's the thing. I think people
1: were clamoring for it for so long, and Brad, for the longest time, said, I will not do an Incredibles 2 unless there's a story I really like. But it felt like somebody pitched somebody Disney a story that they really like, and they're like, all right, Brad, here you go.
0: Yeah, uh, I still. And maybe it's my inner fan going, I had the better story idea. I still say to this day that the idea that they should have gone with is time passes instead of, you know, it takes place immediately after the first one. And then they don't follow up on the Underminer whatsoever. Um, It takes place in real time. So they're all grown up. And Jack-Jack is the villain because he single handedly could take down the whole family. So what if in his angsty teen years, some supervillain sways him to the dark side temporarily?
1: Yeah, see, and I, I, I would... I wanted to see everyone grow up. Like, see what Violet would grow up into. Like, how would her powers mature with her if they did at all, you know? Well,
0: we can't get nice things. No, we can't. Because right, right now, everything gets delayed. Yep, absolutely. You want to start on this list, my man? Yeah, so... um. Let's start with the negative because there is actually some positives in terms of the coronavirus impacting the world. I it's tough right now, but I think we're starting to get to the point where we're climbing up the hill that we might possibly see the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe um it just information is kind of all over the place, not just in the film world, but in just in general of okay, when can we expect this thing to finally be done? Um But the movie world is kind of bracing for that as well. So it's been no secret that since the movie theaters are closed, everything is getting pushed back. Some things drastically, other things not so much. Um, Unfortunately, two big studios, Disney and Sony, have more or less like completely shifted everything down until this gets all resolved. Um, Case in point, Disney has more or less shifted the entire MCU down a slot. So, Black Widow was supposed to come out June, I believe? Uh, May? Beginning yeah. of May. We'll go with that. It was supposed no, to come we'll out the beginning of May, and Eternals was supposed to come out um, in November. Now, Black Widow has taken the Eternals spot. Eternals has now taken Shang-Chi's spot, which was in February. So, everything gets moved down a slot. So, that way, Marvel still keeps its... Like continuity, of we're not going to spoil our own movies and such, yada, yada, yada. Good good deal. Um, Mulan is now coming in July, which I find super interesting that several studios have put their foot forward announcing new release dates. We'll talk about another one later. Um, I still think July is maybe a little too optimistic, but at least for yeah, I me— think so too. At least for me, it's nice that somebody has some optimism here of like, okay, it's easier for us to just reschedule it again, and we'll, yeah. we want to stake this claim now. It's yeah. at least a little bit of hope. Yeah, and I mean,
1: what's unfortunate is I don't think they'll ever really be able to truly capitalize Mulan anyways on the, on the Chinese market. Um there's just all kinds of crazy stuff that's happening right now with China. So I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how much longer Chinese China's going to be on, on the planet.
0: <laughs> well, I wasn't going to talk about it today, but talk about not being on the planet anymore. When we all come out of this um, awful situation that we're in right now, we might not have AMC theaters because analysts are already projecting that the movie theaters themselves are taking a big hit and AMC, who is undergoing a massive expansion right now, so they were already kind of in debt to recoup like, some of their money with AMC uh, A-List, which is like their subscription service. They are renovating a whole bunch of their theaters. They picked a, the wrong time to do that, essentially. So when we come out of this, there might not be AMC theaters opening up again when we are allowed to go back outside, which is just nuts to me. Um, That's crazy. I mean, yeah. Which I'm not going to lie. This sounds horrible, but this next part of the Disney lineup and story kind of made me laugh out loud and immediately made me think of Josh. So everything gets shifted down. Black Widow <laughs> gets shifted down. The entire MCU got shifted down. Mulan gets shifted to a different release date. Everything's getting shifted down to a later date. Well, what happens when those meet up with movies that already were going to be released in 2021? Well, something had to give in some places, had to get the boot. Looking at you, Artemis Fowl. Artemis <laughs> Fowl will no longer even be getting a theatrical release. It is going straight to Disney Plus at a later date. I laughed out loud seeing this. It's It feels like
1: they're, they are legitimately just like, well, uh, I feel like we're going to lose our money on this anyway, so we might as well just send it to Disney
0: Plus. Artemis Fowl could open in theaters tomorrow and make the same amount of money that it would have. Jeez (laughs) Because we talked about on the show I know you're a huge fan of the material growing up Those trailers look like straight garbage Yeah
1: I mean, but hey I mean, at least if it is garbage We have content for another five good things
0: (laughs) Yeah Which like, I'm sure there's a, already a treasure trove of stuff on Disney Plus that we could delve into for five good things, a wrinkle in time. Oof. But Disney's not the only major studio being affected by these delays. Um, I think this is Sony. Uh, I forget who these are, but uh, thankfully, two big release dates are still within the 2020 frame. At least one of these movies I was looking forward to. Uh, a Quiet Place 2 has moved from its March 27th date, which has already passed us, to September 4th, which I think is a much more reasonable release date. I think, yes, we could be back in theaters by September, um, which, oh, I this made me happy of just like, okay, we will still theoretically, assuming... Everything goes right and the world can be set in place again by August. We could still see a Quiet Place in September, uh, the movie that I desperately need to see this year. And mm, Top yes. Gun Maverick has been moving to from its summer release to December twenty-third. Um fine? Okay.
1: Yeah. I don't think there I don't remember there being a like a really big trailer for this
0: film yet. So I'm there was. Um I don't love the original? I think it's fine. I don't quite get the appeal of the movie.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't either.
0: Cuz it's also not like <laughs> it's not like Tom needs something to do. Well, he's still hard at work on Mission Impossible 7 actually.
1: That's crazy to me.
0: Like, they're not filming, but they're more or less practicing with what they can do right now. That way, when the cameras are allowed to roll again, they can just jump right back into it. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Top Gun, to me, doesn't seem like a Christmas release, but I think we're getting into that situation of studios have to release it at some point, or else they're going to bump themselves into movies that they already had planned for later dates.
1: Yeah, it's going to be... It's gonna be weird, man. All kind of like I'm, this is changing everything. Like for the, I, I, I don't think we will actually really recover from this in every way, shape, or form for years to come.
0: Oh no! So it's Absolutely gonna be not. weird. This is going to have long-term ripple effects on a lot of different things. Um, whether they want to admit it or not, there's a very good chance this could kill the wrestling industry, which we love so much. Yes. And a lot of live entertainment could be seriously damaged for years to come because of it.
1: Yeah. Cause nobody, no, nobody really knows when we're going to be able to leave the house. So,
0: yeah. Um, uh, but we're not done with delays and other COVID-19 related news. I don't normally feel bad for Sony because I think their management is completely inept. Uh, Tom Rothman, I think is one of the biggest bumbling idiots in all of Hollywood. Um, uh, I genuinely feel bad for Sony right now, and I'm actually kind of frustrated because not one, but two of their biggest releases that were supposed to come out this year have now been pushed back to March 2021. So we're going to have to wait a really long time to see both Morbius and Ghostbusters Afterlife, one of which was actually one of my most anticipated movies of the year. I was really digging that first Ghostbusters trailer, and I was really looking forward to it. And now we have to wait basically a year.
1: Yeah, which is... I'm sad. You know what's going to be crazy? And I just had this thought, which is kind of sad. But how nuts would it be if these movies are slated to come out, you know, and then somebody from that's in these movies dies from the virus?
0: I I don't want to think about that.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, like, I mean, it's talking about something that finally got out of development hell – Is with
0: Uncharted, it's being (sighs) this movie. This movie is so cursed, you can't tell me otherwise. So, what Josh is talking about is Uncharted, the movie that has, like he said, been in development hell forever, finally had its cast with Tom Holland, Mark Albert, um, etc. They, uh, Antonio Baderas, more than likely, as the villain. Uh, They had already started principal photography, and Tom Holland had showed up for day one for his day one of filming, which means if he was showing up, then that means they were already rolling cameras because you can do stuff without your main actor. They had already started principal photography when Tom Holland showed up for day one of filming when they had to postpone production due to the virus. Come on! (laughs) It's, yeah, dude, it's
1: so, it's just, there's so much, like, shoulder shrugging and going, well, that's unfortunate.
0: (laughs) Like, I'm not surprised, but at the same time, missed it by that much. Yep. And, like, okay, now that the entire MCU has been slotted down, I thought with uh, production being delayed on this, it might kill the project entirely because... They need to film Spider-Man. Well, now Spider-Man more than likely has been delayed as well because it needs to fit within a certain time frame of MCU movies, I'm sure. Uh, Weird side note, though, with the Sony announcements, Morbius has been delayed. Venom 2 has not, though. That's weird. Which brings up a lot of questions of its interconnectedness, but I guess we'll have to find out when Venom 2 comes out. But Uncharted... I mean... I have faith now that when we are allowed to film again, they'll get back at it and finish this thing up because I don't think they'll be waiting on Spider-Man as much because everything in Marvel has been delayed, but Uncharted can't catch a break. No, it really can't. It's And it's unfortunate because
1: Tom seemed to be uh, trying to, not necessarily pushing for it is not the word, but maybe uh, pioneering for it. I guess I don't think that's the word I want to use. He's yes, he's been championing behind
0: it, basically. He's, I mean, because nobody else is. Jeez. Yeah, Uh, but but at least we're getting to a point that studios are thinking ahead to. Okay, we think by this date we can be back in theaters, which is a good thing. As soon as we get some form of semblance of normalcy again, I think we'll be in a much better place. Cause just being out of routine is just throwing us off. I think. Yeah, I think I think so too. But we'll we'll see. Um, thankfully, we have some more positive news now that we've gotten the sadness out of the way, um, including something that I is my number one most anticipated movie of the year, and I. I have faith that this movie will at least come out because it's scheduled for October. So theoretically, theoretically, we should be okay. But COVID 19, if you get anywhere close to my Michael Myers, the buck stops there. He will end it there, I'm sure of it. Because Halloween yeah, okay. Kills supposedly is still coming out in October. And according to producer Jason Blum, we might be getting a new trailer soon.
1: Yeah, which is super exciting. I mean,
0: Especially like nowadays, like in this time, we we could really use something to be excited about. That's the thing that I miss the most is since we're getting all these movies delayed and we don't know when movies are coming out, um, uh, publicity has more or less stalled on everything. So we don't get new set photos, new pictures, new trailers, new anything. Uh, And I, you know me, I love talking about trailers every week. I like new content to absorb. And we're still thankfully getting. Decent pieces of news, but it's not the same of, like, okay, definitively knowing this is when movies are coming out. This is new material releasing with that movie. Um, so hearing from Jason Blum that we're getting a trailer soon is awesome and really reassuring. Uh, Halloween Kills got really, really lucky because this movie film finished filming in January. So it's the exact opposite of Halloween 2018. So Halloween 2018 started filming in January of 2018 and finished filming like super late into the game due to reshoots and whatnot, like June or July. So they didn't have to start their marketing push until really, really close to the release of the movie. The exact opposite of the case is this time with it being filmed really, really early. They got really lucky with that filming schedule like a month or two before this whole thing went down. Um... So now they can focus more on the editing and the marketing of the film because Mm. as much as I loved Halloween 2018, didn't have the best marketing campaign. That first poster of the close-up of Michael Myers' mask, was just, it was fine. It was more or less just like, Halloween's back. We know you're going to see it. Whereas this one, I'm like, I kind of want more marketing material. Not trailers, but just stuff to get me excited.
1: Yeah, which is fair. I mean, and especially now, and again, in this time we're in, that like that, if you really want to hype a movie up for a time in which everyone's gonna need to get out of the house and be entertained by something, you know, regardless if it's a scary movie or not, um, like marketing is exactly how you're gonna get people hyped.
0: And. I, don't th- I actually think it helps that this movie is a scary movie because if you look at film history, horror movies have done specifically well in times of great turmoil in the countries that they're airing in. Um, yes. Um, sure. Horror typically reflects the fears of society at large. So while Michael Myers isn't really an allegory for viruses or anything, people still latch on to horror when times are scary because in a horror movie... You can walk out of it and go home. Yes. Theoretically. I'm not so sure I ever actually walked out of the theater for the lighthouse. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> Joke's on you. You're still there. I mean, at least those are comfortable seats. It's like, yep. get out, except just with the lighthouse. I'm still just transfixed watching that movie. Um, yep. I'm Robert Pattinson at the end.
1: <sighs> the movie made me so uncomfortable.
0: Good. But I'm excited for Halloween Kills. It's easily my most anticipated movie of the year. Um, I ha- I kind of have an idea of where the story will go, but the fact that I don't, and this is coming from a diehard Halloween fan, makes me excited. Um, but I will say, though, Halloween Kills is not the most exciting Jamie Lee Curtis-related news that we have this week. Correct I'm not going to lie This is my favorite news topic That we get to talk about this week By far
1: (laughs) I mean So the Mandalorian Season 2 is quickly becoming One of the most must see Star Wars events Coming up here
0: soon Not Um, just Star Wars Must see TV events Yes Um,
1: Here's the thing I don't know I've been trying to confirm it But I don't know if they have yet, if they've yet to actually confirm that Ahsoka is going to be in it yet.
0: Yeah. I uh, I don't think we've had any official casting information at all. Yes, because I keep, seeing articles that are like,
1: Ahsoka has been cast, blah, 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 blah. And nothing's been confirmed yet. So it, it's kind of weird, which is ex- makes it even more exciting when Jamie Lee Curtis, I- his name, is being thrown around to being attached to Mandalorian Season 2.
0: Oh, that just... Like, I know a lot of people are excited for Ahsoka, and I think that's that's really cool. Uh, I never really got into Clone Wars, so I don't have that connection to Ahsoka uh, like I know who she was, and then when I saw in Rebels, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's Ahsoka." I know her from things, but I don't have that like emotional connection that people have that watch yeah. Clone Wars, so I didn't get super amped. I more or less was just like, "Yeah, makes sense." Dave Filoni would probably want to bring his prized possession. Whereas on the <laughs> flip side, Jamie Lee Curtis is just one of my favorites, and as soon as you mentioned her in Mandalorian, my ears mer- immediately perked up, going. Yes, because while she's never been like the biggest name movie star, I've always really enjoyed Jamie Lee Curtis's work. And I'm sure a big part of that is my bias with the Halloween franchise and how great she's been throughout almost all of her run. She phoned it in for Halloween Resurrection, but I do not blame her in the slightest for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I feel like as an actress, at times, she can get kind of overlooked just because she might not have been the biggest name. But she was phenomenal in Knives Out.
1: No, oh, incredible. So, in that, so that's going
0: to bring my question here. Who or what do you think she should be? Villain, villain, villain. <laughs> Imperial officer. I w- okay. I'm down
1: with that. I was also g- I was going to say,
0: because he's name? not doing uh, Breaking and- Bad at the end of season one, he reports mm-hmm. to her.
1: Ooh. What would be cool too is if,
0: <laughs> and this is just me
1: again. I think we're both pulling stuff out of our butts here. But um, what would be interesting is if they figured out a way for her to. For our Mandalorian to chase him, chase her, because she's a serial killer in some way, shape, or fashion.
0: It doesn't really fit chronologically, because this is, what, five years after Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Too bad it's not later down the line, like a few years before before Force Awakens, because I think she could be a spot-on Mon Mothma.
1: I think so too. And that like that's the thing. I think she deserves some kind of leader role. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Could,
0: Everything I've ever seen her in, she screams leadership.
1: Yes. The the other thing that popped in my head would be what would be interesting is if because he's looking for Baby planet, um, he might need some help to to like start growing some kind of team. Even, I mean, he's he's good on his own, but having a team behind him wouldn't be a bad idea. So having somebody that would navigate or maybe be in the ship or something would be really cool as well to have Jamie Lee Curtis as, as his, I'm not, I'm not going to say sidekick, because she doesn't deserve that, but
0: I don't know. I just Some kind love, of
1: leadership role.
0: For the most part, I've loved the casting of the Mandalorian because they don't pick the big names. Um, like, I'm not going to lie, as much as I love Rocky, I would not have gone with Carl Weathers or thought Carl Weathers and Star Wars, but he was fantastic in season one.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Baby, do and, the hand and, thing.
1: Oh, dude. Not, not just that, but um, what's her face from Deadpool. I would never have picked, uh, had picked her as someone I would enjoy seeing on the screen. But in Mandalorian, I absolutely love seeing her there.
0: Yeah, she re- – normally she, I don't think she's that good of an actress but just because she comes – she's not coming from an actress background. But she was great in Mandalorian. Yeah, like exactly. they don't pick the most conventional names. Um, Pedro Pascal is a big name now, but he's – well, the scenes that we know he's in, he's great in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which for all we know could be three scenes in the whole show.
1: Yes, although I, I feel like Pedro is the kind of guy that would always want to be under the mask.
0: Yeah, um, but I'm so, so excited about the potential of Jamie Lee Curtis being in Mandalorian Season 2. It just further solidifies the already stellar cast. I hope she's playing a villain, because we've seen enough good guy, Jamie Lee Curtis. We got a little bit of bad guy Knives Out. Not full-blown heel, but great See, and irritant. What, what's
1: crazy is I don't think she's necessarily a bad person in Knives Out.
0: I think she's basically she's a hero kind of, of her own story. Yeah, she yeah, let's go with that. But oh full-blown villain, please, Imperial officer or a smuggler.
1: I mean, as long as she doesn't show up like uh like Bill Burr did, because apparently now there's a space Boston. <laughs> We're
0: getting Michael Bean from the original Terminator, though, so.
1: Oh, I don't know why, but I got really excited. Just the idea of Mr. Bean being in Star Wars is really funny to me.
0: I would love, it's not that Bean, (laughs) but I would love Mr. Bean (laughs) dancing to Mr. Bombastic with IG-88 just in a shootout. Yes! (laughs) Can you tell we've been cooped inside for too long? <laughs>
1: but in generally though, like I like the um, what is his name? Ro- Rowan, I think is his name, the guy that plays Mr. Bean.
0: Oh, Rowan um, Atkinson! He's one of my favorite yes. comedians. He's
1: wonderful, and he's a great actor too. So Zazu. I, honestly, I wouldn't mind him
0: showing up either. Zazu. Yeah. <laughs> now his oh Rowan Atkinson is great. Not Mandalorian great though. I don't know if I'd I'd want Rowan Atkinson in. In Mandalorian. I mean,
1: John Favreau makes other actors great. So let's. I,
0: I'm willing now, to give him a If Atkinson would be in anything, I want him in Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> yes. I'd be if it wasn't Jeff Goldblum, I could see him being the grandmaster. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly,
1: what I I could pick. then again I'm literally we're just kind of throwing things out here. If they ever make uh Frankenstein
0: again, I can see him being Igor. Like a modern Igor. No, nah, remake young Frankenstein to make him Igor. Yes, I mean that too. <laughs> oh wow. Um I can't see Ron Atkinson in Mandalorian, and I also can't see him in Hobbs and Shaw. But that would be awesome.
1: I Dude, honestly, I just need more comedy in my life. And I think action movies don't do it well enough. They're, they take themselves too seriously.
0: Although I think Hobbs and Shaw actually was pretty lighthearted. And the banter actually really worked for the most part. Yeah, I, it was all right. I, Hobbs and Shaw to me was the best 90s buddy cop movie released in 2019. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we bring that up because... It, I thought this was already announced, but apparently we're getting a Hobson Shaw 2, and it's already in development. I don't know how much development it can be under right now, given the climate, but we're getting a Hobson Shaw 2. With the rumor right now being Keanu Reeves as the main villain. Okay, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> this is the biggest no-duh in the world to me, because... Uh, for two reasons. One, the first Hobbs and Shaw did pretty well at the box office. And two, I actually expected Keanu Reeves to be in the first Hobbs and Shaw. Either like in an end credits or something. Because there was a whole bunch of rumors leading up to the release of Hobbs and Shaw. Oh yeah, Keanu Reeves is the main villain. Keanu Reeves is the uh, is the surprise reveal. And when I eventually saw Hobbs and Shaw, he was nowhere to be found. So I was like, oh... Did that deal fall through or something like Henry Cavill showing up in Shazam type of thing? So, yeah, his name has always been attached to Hobbs and Shaw, at least in my mind. So, when they said he might be in Hobbs and Shaw 2, I was like, yeah, I thought so, but guess that wasn't confirmed. If it is confirmed, yes, 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 yes. yes,
1: yes. What's crazy is, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Hobson Shaw was the first time Idris Elba
0: had ever done a villain, correct? Oh, no. Stringer Bell from The Wire? Okay, see, I've never seen The Wire, so... No, he's definitely been a villain before. Oh, uh, Jungle Book? Oh, dude! Well, okay, I,
1: that's easy to forget about because he's playing a tiger, so... Um, But when is Keanu Reeves have ever played a villain?
0: Um, his accent in Dracula? I'm not going to count it. Um, (laughs) but this seems
1: like a fun um, opportunity to let people who haven't been in a specific role to try something different. I'm already picturing it
0: now of there could be an awesome motorcycle chase between Jason Statham and Keanu Reeves and then fighting on motorcycles? Yes. And The Rock falls behind on a big semi-truck just plowing through a street behind them?
1: You know, that sounds strangely a lot like Hobson Shaw 1, but yeah,
0: we'll take it. But because better it's Keanu. because Keanu? Because Keanu. And you know with Hobbs and Shaw, like they're so self-aware. Like... I could see the, a scene where, like in the first one, they try and tag-team the villain, and Keanu kicks both of their butts, and as he's leaving, just, whoa.
1: <laughs> what would, so, that's going to be the question, is what kind of villain do you think
0: he'll play? John Wick, but they won't call him John Wick.
1: See, what would be really funny? Tom Nick <laughs> Is if they somehow combined his characters for um, Bill and Ted and John Wick. So if he he is John Wick, but he's his character from Bill and Ted. Ted Theodore <laughs> Wick. <laughs> he's just like some stoner that's going to take over the world. But don't ever, like, cross him because he's also a ninja.
0: <laughs> I'd I buy it in a heartbeat, easily. Because
1: <laughs> it's Keanu.
0: Yes, just... Just yes. <laughs> Experi- it's just nice to see the Kianaissance will be expanding. Also, I've not heard anything delay-wise or promo-wise for Bill and Ted's Face the Music. Same.
1: I also haven't heard anything for John Wick 4.
0: That's, that hasn't started filming, that's why. Uh, okay. That's supposed to be next year with Matrix. Wait, they're, they're still doing the Matrix thing? Yeah. That's suppo- uh, that have, Did you not hear? Matrix 4 is supposed to come out the same day as John Wick 4. It's Keanu Day.
1: Oh. Oh.
0: <laughs> to which everyone's going, quick, put Bill and Ted 4 in production real quick so we can have them all come <laughs> on the same day. Oh. <laughs> it's a Keanu triple header. But no, Bill and Ted, um, as far as I know, is still coming out in August, but we haven't had any promo material, not even like a poster or trailer. Or news of a delay, but then again, it's not the type of movie that I see having a heavy ad campaign.
1: Yeah, I also think they they might be holding just in case because they don't want to release stuff and then be like, "Yeah, oh, we're moving it back."
0: Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. There's a lot of variables up in the air right now. Um, a lot speaking, of
1: hurry up and wait.
0: Yeah, speaking of up in the air right now, Titans has been renewed for season three, which, off the bat, it has to be better than season two. And this is coming from a defender of the show, but season two was hot garbage that there's only one reason worth watching that show, and that was the development of Nightwing. And they knew that was the only thing worth watching because they dragged that whole arc out through the whole season because they had no other new material for DC Universe and they knew they would lose a lot of subscribers. Um, but, now that my little rant is over with that, We are getting season three of Titans, and we may be getting a new expanded cast, as the um, producers of the show have said that Barbara Gordon will be showing up on Titans season three, and we won't have to wait long. Apparently, she'll be in the very first episode of season three. Now, they didn't specify, though, if she will be Batgirl or if she will be Oracle. Josh are you excited for Barbara Gordon showing up in Titan season three? And is that something that would actually get you to watch Titans again?
1: Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I could see, see, I haven't seen anything since since season one, so I don't know what the landscape is, but if they are from, what I heard from you, if they are, you know, operating out of a, an apartment or whatever, maybe they need someone running the computers to for their missions and stuff. So Oracle to me would make sense. Um, I don't know if it'll get me to watch the show, but
0: you know. So um, what I've heard is season three will be more like traditional Titans comics and be a little bit more lighthearted in its tone, which Mm -hmm. is probably what the show needs at this point. I think them turning Dick into Nightwing could be a catalyst for turning the team and the show in a better direction. Um, Yeah. I don't think Darkness was the issue for the show. I think it was the melodrama and the representation of certain characters of we're still two seasons in and a lot of the characters really don't look or even feel like their comic book counterparts. Still to this day, Beast Boy has only turned into a tiger. That's it. It's um, weird. He isn't really Beast Boy. A lot of the characters really aren't or don't feel like their comic book counterparts. Um, and so from reports that I've heard, they can't really confirm or deny that they're kind of going with more of a lighthearted tone, which I think the show really, really needs. Um, While you were talking, it got me brainstorming, which is always dangerous. What if she is their tech person, but she's still like the Batgirl persona, and we get kind of the killing joke, but Titan's version of the killing joke? Okay. Of like, she's at Titan's tower one night, just manning the computers while the team's doing stuff and she's the eyes in the sky when she gets shot at the Titans Tower. That's interesting. And makes her become Oracle. That would be... So she's no longer alone at her apartment when she's attacked by Joker, but now it happened at Titans' own place. So it's kind of on the Titan... It's kind of the Titans' fault
1: that would be that would be wild I mean mm-hmm. it would maybe and that could that that could gr- create some uh, a rift between Batman and, and Nightwing even
0: more because you know like he can blame Nightwing for that and stuff like that and they already might be on Rocky roads because I still think they're setting the table up for Jason to die at some point maybe season three or season four.
1: Ooh, Bring on all the death and
0: destruction in Titans and the T Tower, please.
1: <laughs> Bring on the T Tower. Or maybe that's how that maybe that's, you know, Barbara shows up and goes, Hey, uh, Wayne, uh, Batman's decided to help to support y'all. So here knowing, we show the bigger. Knowing how the
0: show operates, the season three will just open with them in the classic Titans Tower, and it will not be explained at all. <laughs> Because they retcon yeah. all this stuff without ever acknowledging it. Like, someone pointed it out to me, and I can't unsee it, of, hey, remember in the first episode how Dick Grayson's a detective? Where did that go? Um, He he just kind of—well, I, I thought he just kind of left one day. He did. But then in season two, he gets thrown in jail through stupid stuff. Um, And I figured, okay— some of these people are probably people that he put away in prison. Nope. It's never mentioned again that he was ever a detective. That's weird. Like, uh, there's I mean, a whole don't bunch get me of stuff from I Season pre- two, they're just like, wait, that contradicts stuff from season one.
1: That That's really unfortunate too, because I actually really liked that angle.
0: Yeah. I, hmm. Season two is weird. I'm glad it's behind us. I'm, I like the Nightwing transformation, even if it took, they purposely dragged it out so we can, so they could keep subscribers, I'm sure of it. Um, But it's behind us. Unfortunately, what's behind us is not as dangerous as what lies ahead with our five good things. (laughs) But before we get there, Josh, who's our sponsor this week?
1: Oh, man. Uh, Let's do Scott's Weed and Feed, because it's giving me something to do.
0: (laughs) Well, okay then. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what color is that, I'm assuming? Green. Yeah, there it is. Okay, I was really hoping it was green. If not, that whole segment <laughs> would have fallen apart. But speaking of green, we're talking about the trash today. That is Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. Um, which foreshadowing for later, I'm sure, as much as he makes fun of this movie and bags on it ryan reynolds is not the problem with this movie
1: it's really not and what's really funny is you and i have always said it's not as bad as everybody makes it it's not as bad as everybody makes it oh no it's as bad as everyone makes it it, yep no it's absolute trash (laughs) oh man
0: like i said going into this to josh i was just like it's like spider-man 3 it's not great, but it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Oh, no, I missed Spider-Man 3 after this.
1: Yeah, I, I, will, I will dare even say I might be okay with watching uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 over this.
0: Yes, because Amazing Spider-Man 2, at least at times, has some good CGI. <sighs> like, okay, whose idiotic decision was it to CGI... The entire suit. So here's the thing. And look like a fish. Y- mm.
1: the, bi- the My biggest issue is not that they CGI the suit. Of course. There's you certain-
0: need CGI to for the constructs that he makes. That's, of course. But normally you build a physical but- suit for the CGI to more or less jump off of. Like... Almost yes. every cape you see in movies nowadays is CGI. That's totally fine, but it's placed on a practical suit. Yeah, I
1: my biggest issue is that it, it, the the suit looks like it's supposed to be alive, and I don't like that.
0: Yeah, it's very it's, almost it's like
1: very distracting.
0: Green Lantern met a green version of Venom. It,
1: yeah it's it's it just looked weird like whenever his his chest would flex all the weird ribbons would would move
0: and yes. it just it also, was just really really weird and maybe you can clarify for me being more of the green lantern fan for me but twice twice he has to recharge his ring in this movie and neither time does he say the oath while charging the ring he just kind of like taps the ring against the lantern and be like yep it's charged no um, that's the dying alien man literally told you to charge it. You have to say the oath while you're holding it at both times. It's like, Oh, okay. It's charged now. So, um, from my understanding of what I've read to
1: charge it, it you can just tap it, but, but to I thought say, you had to, to say the
0: oath with it.
1: Yeah. So saying the oath in the beginning, at least in the, definitely in the film saying the oath is technically him accepting the position.
0: It's weird. It's, not,
1: it's very, very weird. The there's rules a lot are inconsistent. Of, there's a lot of things in this film that are just they're
0: they're right, but they're not quite right. Yeah. Also, before we get into positives, one last nitpick: this has the like some of the names that are in this movie. I'm going. Okay, did you take this to put your kids through college? Like, Tim Robbins from Shawshank Redemption, for some reason, is in this movie. Yes. Uh. And Angela Bassett? Like, these are big, like, prestigious actors. At least one of the actors in this movie will be getting their redemption with Matt Reeves' Batman movie. Oh? Uh, Hector Hammond, Peter Skarsgård, is... Um, the district attorney in the Batman. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll be honest, most familiar. What's great? And I'll be is honest, I actually, Hector Hammond is in a completely separate movie in this movie. I don't know what the heck he's doing. But
1: see, there's time, but like,
0: and he's we'll got get off to on it. this movie.
1: There is, there's one specific time that I do, and I do like him in this film.
0: No, I think he's one of the worst supervillain performances. In any comic book movie, but I think it's <laughs> well, because, because he's not he a knew the movie villain. was bad and was just like, "I'm gonna ham this stuff up real bad."
1: Yeah. Um, okay. It's hard because he's not a supervillain. He he doesn't necessarily he can play
0: villain. Great though. Did you ever see Magnificent Seven?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I'm not doubting his ability. Like the character that he's playing doesn't make sense either.
0: Yeah. Well. Our job today is not to rag on this movie Any more than people already have We're trying to find the positives here I found four really really easily Actually it was that stupid Fifth one that gave me some Issues Um, Josh were you able to find five and if so What's your number five It was yeah it was Jeez it was tougher Than I
1: imagined Um, what, My number five Is right off the bat um, it's more of an Easter egg, but it was something that I appreciated and that, and that it put an idea in my head that I really enjoyed. Um, so when they're in the openings, you know, kind of dog fight, they're giving each other's saying each other's call signs and Blake Lively's character's
0: call sign is Sapphire. It's also on the side of her plane. Yep. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, but the what the the symbol with the name is
1: also like Sapphire's symbol. Yep, I remember that and the I, first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, I don't know why I didn't catch it before, but I did. I I caught it this time, and I really liked the the idea of if this had done well, if this was a good movie, the next one would have been play, Sapphire turning on 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 Hal."
0: Oh, it's not one of my five, but I will say there's at least some fun comic book Easter eggs in the movie scattered throughout.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Like when he goes to his nephew's birthday party and he replaces um, the jet hanging in the air, he replaces um, an invisible jet.
1: Okay. I, I wasn't sure if that's what that was supposed to be. Yeah. but that,
0: I was like, that looks exactly like Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman's jet. Yep, I think that was supposed to be Wonder Woman's invisible jet. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you? How do you feel
1: about uh, you know, despite her not being around a lot, how do you feel about this movie's Amanda
0: Waller? Eh. Uh, yeah, I think the actress is trying her best, but it never felt like Amanda Waller to me. <laughs> And to her credit, she wasn't really given much to do. It felt more like a scientist, which is not really what Amanda Waller was. I was never afraid of this movie's version of Amanda Waller, which you're supposed to be like Batman at times doesn't want to confront Amanda Waller. Yeah, exactly. I think the actress is fine, but it never felt like Waller to me. Um, Yeah, I I agree with them. My number five does involve Amanda Waller. Um... It is the scene where Hector Hammond, the main villain, uh, has kind of kidnapped. I guess he's like strapped down to a table, and he starts using his mind control powers um, to kill everyone in the room. And it was one of the few times that I actually like sat up because some of the kills are so creatively out there. Of uh, yes, I don't care that I've seen it in other movies. Anytime I see a needle or syringe go into somebody's eye. That's a good kill. Yep. And then uh, setting That's Tim actually, Robbins on fire, uh, yes. get busy living or get busy frying. Yes. So I,
1: I I have that as my number four because specifically the moment where he looks like he like gets exhausted and just falls down and lays next to next to hal
0: okay that is not a win in my book what is that so here's the thing no 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 no. it's
1: not necessarily that because then he rolls over and basically starts taunting hal and to me like in my mind okay i see that you know most of the time um villains will you know they'll stand over you like haha i've conquered you like this is you know, you know. Look at you, you little worm. Whereas in this moment, because it, you know, at the core emotion is supposed to be fear. Fear doesn't lord over you. It, it goes down to where wherever you are and controls you. And that's basically what he does in this scene is that he he gets right into Hal's face and goes, you know, there's nothing you can do about about what what I'm what's happening right now. And then he just takes over basically.
0: I I just can't win anything with Hammond because he was just such a weird I don't know what he was going he for
1: was. in that performance. Yeah, he was. Don't get me wrong, I don't like him for the rest of the movie, but there was and maybe it's the, the wrestler part of me that like saw the the psychological part of that that I enjoyed it a little bit, but like that scene specifically, I I I, I did enjoy that.
0: Fair enough. Um number four has nothing to do with Earth or any of the human characters. It is when we are on the planet Oa, the homeworld of the Green Lantern Corps, and all the Green Lanterns are gathered together. I actually really enjoyed, as bad as the CGI is in that scene, a lot of the unique creature designs on Oa. I'll give you that as well, yeah. like, it's, like I that, wanted to spend more the- time with the other Lanterns um, instead of the humans because, yeah... The creatures looked interesting. They looked like they belonged in other sectors. It gave, they didn't all look like a specific type of. There's always that like generic, this is an alien design. They looked all different and unique, of like, okay, you are all clearly (laughs) representing different galaxies here um, in all shapes and sizes. And I thought that was really, really cool. Just again, CGI was terrible.
1: Yeah, that that's the one, the only reason that didn't make it on my list because I mean, granted, Kilowog and the Fish Guy are are, pr- are pretty well done, all things considered. Um, but it's just in general, the CGI is just so tough to watch.
0: Also, um, if this is a weird complaint for me to have, um, but if there's something I hated in this movie just as much, if not more than the CGI, and that's saying something. It was the music, actually. So anybody that has listened to our Five Good Things in the Past knows I typically, in bad movies, like, try and listen for the music because usually at least the music is good. No, I hate the music for Green Lantern so much because it more or less copies from better movies of um, Hal's like, heroic music. Like, anytime um, he does something big or important— It actually almost sounds like a discounted, like, Costco version of the Superman theme. It actually goes, dun-dun-dun-dun. And I was like, um, no. Which is frustrating because the guy that did the music for Green Lantern did the music for The Dark Knight. Yeah, it's... The music is awful.
1: It's really tough. Uh, They do... Try to do a good job of of trying to at least put the music in the right spots and not and like let the the quiet moments breathe for the most part. Um, They didn't. That that is like that's one of my good things about it. At least is that while the music is not good, they don't try. They don't let it overtake the scenes that it's
0: in. It's. It was too distracting for me. I had I had a lot of issues with the music, and usually music is like a shoe-in for me For on yeah. these list of, I can at least put the music on there, because that'll at least be decent. No, I hated the music for this movie so much. Is the music your number three?
1: Yeah, that, that's, it's... While the music itself is very, like, eh, I, I felt like it was at least... They they didn't try to let it overpower like like in um, Batman v Superman like there's some great themes but there's some times like I don't want music I want quiet stop
0: yeah um Hans Zimmer actually no Hans Zimmer didn't do Batman v Superman Junkie XL did um but it's yeah. the Hans Zimmer syndrome um, yeah my the top three of my list are all performance related actually uh because. I Except for Hector Hammond as a terrible villain, I don't think the performances in the movie are necessarily what the issue is with the movie. Case in point, number three, I will stand on my hill and defend this. I don't care. This is going to be a controversial opinion. The love interest in Green Lantern is one of the best in any comic book movie. Yes, because she's Blake Lively. Like- As Carol Ferris is one of the best supporting love interest characters in any comic book movie. And I don't care that it's in Green Lantern.
1: Yes. She's, and you know, it helps that it's Blake. And I think what, you know, she is one of those actresses that people might underestimate. And
0: she's a fantastic actress. But not only that, there's scenes that her and Hal are clearly a team. He bails her out, she bails him out. Um but even when I re- remember watching it in theaters for the first time, when he like saves the day at the stupid gala or whatever, he comes to her office later in full costume and she's just like "How?" And he's like, "How how did you know?" Just cuz I can't see your cheekbones doesn't mean I can't tell it's you." And I laughed out loud because it played on that stereotype that all supporting in like love interests can't recognize the voice or the person that they supposedly have known their entire lives. And she's just like, yeah, of course I know it's you. You have the worst disguise ever. And just the fact that, holy crap, we have a character who's not a moron and can see who it is. I really appreciated that. But also, she just had such natural chemistry with Ryan Reynolds. Hmm, I wonder why that is. It's not like this is the movie where they (laughs) met or anything. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's definitely a a bonus win right there. Is it gave us Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively together, and they yeah. seem quite happy together ever since.
1: Oh, absolutely, man. Jeez. Um, but what's your uh, what's your number two there, pal?
0: I this actually could have filled out the rest of my list, but I wanted to challenge myself uh, because individually they could have been parts on this list, but I decided to lump them all together. The entire casting. For the Green Lantern Corps. Yes. Because I think um, Abin Sur, the first Green Lantern we meet, the one that gives the ring to Hal, perfectly cast by Thomas Curry from Aquaman. Yep. Also known as Django Fett. Um, yep. Even in his limited role, yes, the CGI looks bad, but I think he was the right choice. The voice fit. Um, Mark Strong was pitch Perfect as Sinestro. Again, Dude. CGI looked bad, but he was spot on as the villain. And granted- th- Especially- The end credits- Especially- Yeah, the end credits. We're going the same direction. End credits, it still feels completely out of left field, but it for Mark Strong, it makes sense. Um, and I'm glad he got redemption for this movie with him being Dr. Savannah in Shazam. But Yes. Um, even, uh, is it Tomar Ray- Uh, Tomar, the fish. Uh, Yeah. The fish guy. He's great. I enjoy him. Jeffrey rush.
1: Now, how do you feel about Kilowog?
0: Perfect. Okay. Like I can't think of anybody else to voice Kilowog voiced by the late Michael Kirk Duncan. I think he's pitch Perfect.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll give you that i think my issues with the lantern core are have nothing to do with designs or acting
0: like no F-E-N- i think the, they're F-E-N- hurt by their cgi which is a lot of this movie the cgi yeah, well, really was- hurts them because like sinestro great villain great performance um and even the face looks right but i'm distracted by like the edges are clearly don't match the background and are make mm-hmm. like the edges of stuff, I can't really describe it properly, but the edges of like heads on bad green screen makes it that much stand out more, and that was really the case with Sinestro and Hal a lot of the time.
1: I don't think yes. CGI
0: did these characters any favors, but I think who they got to play the specific roles, they were absolutely 100% right on.
1: I would agree. Um, do you... I bat, went back and forth about my number one. What's your number two? Um, my number two is Mark. Mark okay, is yeah. Mark is perfect as Sinestro, and honestly, I would have loved to see him come back as Sinestro eventually down the road. But yeah, as bad as Green Lantern I, I is, is again,
0: as bad as Green Lantern is, I am disappointed we never got Mark Strong as Sinestro. Exactly, like now, Yellow Lantern know, Sinestro.
1: Yeah, which is to me the reason that. Uh, the 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 end credit comes out of nowhere. Is I felt like that like the direction I thought the direction we were going was him going to be the end villain because he's such a jerk to Hal all the whole time. It makes sense. And so it doesn't make sense for him to to later on hate Hal if he's like at the end of the movie being like, man, I was wrong about you. You know what I mean? But regardless of that, Mark Strong's performance is is incredible. It's very spot on.
0: Yeah. Um, what's your number one, though? It's gotta be Hal. Yep, um, I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, Mark Strong is a good performance, but as much as he makes fun of this, Ryan Reynolds is still, to me, spot spot casting for Hal Jordan, and he's really good in the movie.
1: He is. His acting is fantastic. Um, despite the bad CGI, I, I believe his 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 performances. Um, I think the only thing that plays against him is that Deadpool is now a thing. And so you can kind of see Ryan it does kind of play the same kinds of characters, but that didn't for me distract from the fact that he's a, he's a really good Hal
0: Jordan. Yeah. And I know like honest trailers and some other online critics are always just like, He's basically just playing the same character as Van Wilder. I'm like, yes, that's Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan is irresponsible and idiotic and cocky. That's yep. it. Just works. He's basically Ryan Reynolds type, but that's Hal Jordan.
1: Exactly. The only thing I think I might would have changed would be maybe have him be a bit more bulky on top. But this was his technically his first outing quote-unquote, you know, so, like, and he was a fighter pilot before this, so I'm not gonna fight that one.
0: Which, it's funny, as we're watching it, Heather's just like, this, why do famous people sign up for such bad movies? And I was like, I think it's because Ryan Reynolds is a fan and understands the potential that this movie could have had. Yes.
1: Which is, I think, why he makes fun of it so hard.
0: Yeah, because I I feel like there's a lot of changes to the movie as production went on, but... The frustrating thing for me as a comic book fan and I'm sure for you a big green lantern fan is on paper a green lantern movie should be a smash hit because
1: much like a superman movie.
0: It's uh, see I don't I never think of a green lantern as a superman movie. I think of it as a buddy cop movie. Yeah. I okay, think it could that. be similar more like Star Wars and Superman because with green lantern it's a blank canvas. You can do anything. You could have more of a Star Wars feel to it of like inter uh, species violence or like plants versus planets. There's just epic scale to it. It's basically you can create anything you want. There's a lot of possibility there. And even if you didn't want to go with Hal, there's a lot of possibilities with the lanterns themselves. And I was like, ah, I want, I see the potential here. And it sucks that this movie is so bad and made Warner Brothers so hesitant to bring the character back in at all. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Which, like, if we get more Green Lantern, I know we're getting a Green Lantern series on HBO Max, but it's by the same person that did the Arrowverse, so I don't expect the highest of quality. But even in something like that, I don't think we'll get Hal Jordan again anytime soon just because this movie left such a bad taste in people's mouths. But I don't think the source material is the issue. Yeah, the issue
1: is definitely just because even though this movie is over 10 years old, it's, it, it's tough to – for it, it scared uh, Warner Brothers enough.
0: Yeah, and it's – no movie that I can think of off the top of my head is the CGI a bigger problem and more distracting. Because if this movie had average to halfway decent CGI, I think we would think this movie is passable – to forgettable and not one of the worst comic book movies ever. It's just that CGI yeah. is so killer. It, it's, it's, yeah, like, like we've been saying, it's so distracting. That mask in particular, it's like I told Heather, it's not even like it's Photoshopped on. It's like somebody did Microsoft Paint. Well, and yeah, because it's not
1: even the same color as the suit.
0: It, yeah, it just stands out they didn't add like any texture to it to make it no. look like an actual mask but again how hard would it have been to make a physical costume yeah i don't know dude it, <laughs> i'm wondering if they ever actually did have a physical costume for it and they just decided to go the cgi route
1: i mean on one hand i get it because technically the the suit is a construct from the from the ring but and i like the idea that the the ring puts the the mask on like it knows when his identity needs to be protected but i just i'm with you dude. Dude, dude, dude like have a physical base or don't make it like you don't have to make the the suit so i'm
0: not gonna say shiny but like light is coming off of it it's like they put the wrong photoshop blend mode on the layer yeah Oh like I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's like Oh, you need to blend that a little better.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, I know what you're talking about cuz you and I have kind of tampered with that kind of stuff. So it's it, it, but it's like like oh, come on. How did this make it to theaters?
0: And there's always those like YouTube channels that like fix bad CGI. I kind of want them to tackle Green Lantern. <laughs> Uh, dude,
1: I mean, there's the upsetting part is there's some stuff that I really like the uh, the I don't know what else to call them. But the, the chemtrails, the energy trails that, co- that come off of uh, how when
0: he's flying. Yeah, are that great. I think is fine. That feels like Green Lantern.
1: But it, it's just and some of the constructs
0: are like spot on.
1: Or like but, I said, so, I
0: still think Blake Lively is one of the best love interest in any comic book movie, but because it happened in Green Lantern, as soon as you say that, people will immediately discount you because it happened in Green Lantern, and clearly nothing good can come out of Green Lantern.
1: Which, they're not entirely wrong, right. <laughs> but still, it's like Blake, it's Blake Lively,
0: man. She's a great also, I actress. Did, even though I've seen this movie a couple times, I will not ever get used to seeing her as brunette in this movie.
1: No, it throws me. And I'm almost 100% sure there's a scene where you can obviously see that it's a wig.
0: Yeah, it's still not the weirdest DC hair, Mara. Yeah, super weird. Well, let's we, assume Mara even comes back. We but might, um,
1: we might never have to see Mara ever again.
0: Um- <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Uh, you got any other closing Green Lantern thoughts? Not really, I mean... I was really hoping
1: that this movie wasn't as bad as I remember, but it's it's a paint by numbers, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But there's no real villain that does really anything on screen. Um, Hector isn't menacing, uh, and Hal can't be heroic because he's got nothing to really face. You so know what's it's tough.
0: I know they probably wanted this to be in a cinematic universe of some kind. You know what this actually feels like? It could be a part of is the Tim what? Story Fantastic Four movies. Yes, it feels a lot like that early two thousands cheese.
1: It does. Um, I think my biggest issue, and this is such a weird issue for me to have, but I mean, it's gonna it, it, it would make sense. Is at the end. Uh, Kilowog goes, can I train him or can I train them?
0: Yeah, he trained him for an afternoon. Yeah, If that, I was like, what did you do? What are you talking about? But also that kind of makes sense with the character of Kilowog thinking he's hotter stuff than he actually is.
1: Yes, but then on the same token, why didn't they train him more?
0: (laughs) Because they don't like him because Earth people. He's
1: he's human and he's not developed yet.
0: Yeah, but Green Lantern is bad. Worse than we Just, remember, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen Green Lantern? If not, don't watch it. Um, but if you did... Was there any positives that you saw in the movie? Let us know what it was like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on the main YouTube channel at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.